Today is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Trump squares off with the courts. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget, subscribe, leave a rating. You can email us your thoughts. Quick Start Podcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting through the news of the crate together. We're glad you're here every weekday morning, bright and early. The triumvirate's back. Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell on this Tuesday. What's up, fellas? How's it going? You know, I'm, I'm excited to have us all together again. <laughs> yes. It's been days. We're back. I you know. are gone. Here we Trey's are. gone. Here we all are. And I know that America misses us oh. when we're not all together. Yeah. yeah. America's course. not, it's just not firing on all cylinders. It's like a team when like yeah, half exactly. of their starters are out. They're kind of flailing around. And um, now we're, we're all we're back. just flailing around together. Now we flail yeah. around together. Exactly. 100%. All right. Well, let's flail on through the news, guys. What's uh, What's on the focus? Yeah, we're going to talk about a, a pretty big Hollywood star who's coming together with another famous director uh, to actually show some of this horrific IDF Hamas uh, footage mm. uh, to a group of Hollywood elites, which is, is fascinating in, in the culture that we live in. So we'll talk about that story. God bless her. It's an important effort to try to convince all these influencers out there of the truth of what's happening in Israel. And on the main thing, we're going to be looking at a uh, Pastor Billy who's in Bethlehem. Yes, that Bethlehem. What's going on there? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy story, but we get a chance to hear from him what it's like to navigate the the war and, and also talk a little bit about end times eschatology from somebody right there in the, in the Holy Land. Excellent. All right, looking forward to all that and more on the podcast today. But first, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. Former President Donald Trump sparred with New York Judge Arthur Ngoron today, yesterday, as he testified from the stand uh, during his non-jury civil trial. It all stems from New York AG Letitia James's lawsuit against him and his businesses in the state. Trump and others have pointed out that James once eagerly predicted she'd find something to get Trump with, and now here we are in court. Lawyer Kevin Wallace from the New York Attorney General's office questioned Trump during his time on the stand specifically about his statements of financial condition. Trump said the statements were not really documents the banks paid much attention to. Wallace fired back, how did he know that? And Trump said he's been dealing with banks for 50 years and they look at the deals. And he said, we'll explain it as the trial goes on. And he called it a, quote, crazy trial. Despite being in court, and perhaps because of Trump being in court, he continues to surge in his polling in a hypothetical heads-up matchup against Joe Biden. And the United States has denied claims by Iran, saying the U.S. tried to push for a ceasefire in Gaza. A spokesperson for the U.S. National Security Council said that statement's categorically false. And The Science of the Star, a new faith-based film and theater, seeks to explore whether the miraculous events proclaiming the birth and death of Jesus actually happened. The movie's called God of Heaven and Earth. You can check out more about that over at cbnnews.com. Guys, there's so much going on right now that it's almost like, this is an indication of to me how crazy things are right now, is that we have the former president on uh, in court now dealing with all these charges that have come up a lot of people saying that these are just you know political witch hunt etc cetera, etc cetera. we'll see what happens if any of these sticks so far 
to date, Trump has sort of been able to avoid any any actual prosecution on anything. He keeps getting charged or indicted. But it's almost like been an afterthought here for at least a couple of months since uh, the initial indictments came down. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you have this other factor of people not able to pay their bills, as we've talked about repeatedly on the show. And so people are, you know, looking at what's going on. And, you know, in some ways, I, I think there are unintended consequences. You make somebody look, you know, sympathetic when when people aren't understanding the charges against Trump. It seems like it might be, is it related to the election? Is it not? Are they trying to, you know, score points or harm him? And so I think at the end of the day, we can go on and on about what it might be. But the reality is it seems to be fueling that with what we're seeing happen, you know, politically and culturally is surging. Yeah. I, you know, I think it would be one thing if um, Joe Biden was performing really well right now, but he's not even really liked by his, by the, his own democratic base. So I think, and uh, like, whether we like it or not, the reality is, is a lot of our politics is entertainment. And if we don't find it entertaining, we don't really pay much attention to it. The media doesn't pay much attention to it. Uh, and I think, overall, just the legal minutia of all of this stuff is just really not that interesting. So it's one, it's not interesting. Uh, Biden is not performing all that well anyway. Uh, and then what you were saying, Billy, uh, Americans have a lot of other much more important things on their minds, like how am I going to put food on the table for me and my kids at the end of the day, uh, week to week? And how am I going to pay my electricity bill and put gas in the car? Like these things are are actually impacting us. Uh, and the the legal stuff with Trump is so abstract and then also kind of bogged down by a lot of uh, judicial detail that it's just, it's hard to, to really wrap our, our heads around all of it. So yeah, I, it, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think a lot of it too is just so politically motivated. There are countless reasons. I think it's just not having the staying power or impact maybe that the left wants it to have. Yeah. I, I kind of resonate with the one you said, it's like very confusing to understand yeah. Exactly. What did he do wrong? Like, right. These charges, I mean, especially in light of what Trump has pointed out many times about Letitia James, specifically saying she was going to go after him. I mean, just doing that out in public, regardless of if these charges are legitimate or not, it just really kind of takes the credibility away. No one's going to believe it because you sat there on camera to crowds saying, hey, guess what? I'm going to find something. And whoa, lo and behold, she found something. So it just yeah. makes it seem very dubious at best. Well, I think too, there's this emphasis on his behavior, right? I think people felt that people were, were tired of it last time. You know, that was the narrative. He was being so mean and they were tired of the sort of brash behavior. And so I think that was a hand that was overplayed though, because even if that were true, once you can't pay those bills and things change on the ground and you're blaming the current president who's in office that isn't Trump and Trump is your alternative, you start to forget the mean tweets and you start to think, huh, are there other policies that are going to benefit me? And so it really is kind of a perfect storm. And it seems like they really thought these, these trials were going to be helpful, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's almost like the RNC is running these trials. It feels it's strange to watch. Well, we've talked about this and I know we've got to move on here to the focus story. Last point for me here is, um, you know, we kind of brought up that theory. Well, maybe Democrats would want to run against Trump because, that he's it's it takes the focus off the person in the office and you can just bash Trump all day long. The media will all jump on it and it's like a built in campaign. That's how many say Biden won the first time around is he didn't. It wasn't like Bernie Sanders. You can call him a socialist all day. Everyone was just complaining about Trump the whole time. That benefits Democrats in the long run. But now you see these polls coming out where 
Biden is lagging. I mean, because because of all the reasons, Billy, we talked about on yesterday's podcast with the economy and just the fact that Biden's health is to anyone who's watching. Clearly, he's having trouble at times just speaking and doing things like that. That anybody who ventures into their 80s is going to have issues with. So anyway, all those things are going on right now. So if that was the strategy about, hey, let's get Trump in because it'll be an easy win for us. Well, that strategy looks like it might be backfiring on Democrats, at least at this point in time. But of course, we'll have many more updates as we're just about a year away, actually, from the 2024 election, which, believe it or not, that's that's kind of insane to think about just a year away. But we got to move on here to the focus story, and we're going to get back to Israel and there's a Hollywood star organizing a screening of IDF footage of Hamas. What's happening here? Yeah, I think this is fascinating. So Gal Gadot, she's known as playing Wonder Woman for the DC universe. She's an Israeli national herself. She actually served in the IDF as all Israeli citizens are required to do when she was younger. She's now in her late 30s. She's 38. And now as a a well-known actor and somebody who's advocated for uh, the protection of Israel as as a state, as a nation in the Middle East. Uh, she's reportedly using her influence in Hollywood to organize a screening of IDF footage of Hamas carrying out its atrocities on October 7th uh, for just a, a curated group of Hollywood elites. It's going to be 120 people reportedly. Uh, it's an in- invitation-only event, uh, and she's co-hosting it with an Oscar-winning Israeli director uh, named Guy Nativ, uh, and they're going to show this roughly 47, 45 minutes uh, worth of footage that was captured by the IDF. It's Videos have been captured by uh, passersby who who saw some of the things happening. Uh, people who were were in the area when attacks were were, were unfolding. Uh, attacks by Hamas. Also, uh, body cam footage by soldiers, law enforcement officials who were in the area. So it, it's it really captures a whole wide breadth of of really horrible and gruesome things that, that were done by Hamas terrorists, even uh, George Thomas, CBN News' George Thomas. Uh, he actually recently screened what I what I presume is similar content, if not the exact same thing. He was near Tel Aviv uh, in Israel, uh, where he said he and about two dozen other journalists uh, from around the world all sat together and watched this footage uh, and he described the video as showing video uh, footage of men, women, and children being burned alive. He said homes were set ablaze, men and women were hacked to death, uh, children were shot at point blank, men and women and fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters uh, were also shot at point blank. He said people were dragged out of their cars. Uh, yeah, so really just horrible footage, but uh, important to see. And I think that's that seems to be part of the motivation, at least, uh, for why Gadot and this uh, director, Guy Nativ, are wanting to put together this event. Yeah. And look, it's super important because I'm seeing so many clips that are just insane about people going, yeah. well, no, it's not. It's not this. It wasn't this. They didn't, weren't really doing that. And so I think it's important for people of influence who can actually influence millions of people via their social media or whatever the case might be it's really important for them to see this stuff and um you know aside from the obvious what what's the motivation here behind this screening 
Yeah, well, to your point about uh, people starting to say it's it's being exaggerated that you know this stuff couldn't actually be happening, uh, or or we're not seeing it play out uh, accurately. Uh, you know, all these different things that are being said. Uh, Guy Nativ, the filmmaker, uh, he actually released a statement to I twenty four News. He said, "As a filmmaker, I swore that these images of October seventh would not be forgotten, and the world must see them." He said, "Because now the denials begin. People saying it was uh, it's a fake." Uh, he said. It's it's not fake. We cannot pass by in silence. Uh, he went on to say that there are people in Hollywood who have film experience, so we can show them this crazy document that is reminiscent of the films that were created about the Holocaust, except for uh, this footage obviously is not a film. This isn't reenacting something. Uh, this is you know, high-definition footage of what's actually been happening uh, over in, in Israel and in Gaza. And he said, as someone who's Jewish, uh, he said, looking back historically at the Holocaust, uh, he said the world in a lot of ways was indifferent to the suffering of Jewish people. And he said that cannot happen again. Uh, so it's important for people of influence uh, who have the ability financially uh, through their own social media platforms to get the word out, to talk about these things. He said we need to inform those people essentially so that they can then you know, continue to spread this the truth of what's actually happening in Israel. Has Gal Gadot been vocal on this topic before? I mean, we're kind of seeing her step out on this one. Has she kind of spoken up about Israel or issues related to that anytime recently? Yeah, so she's always been pretty outspoken in support of, of Israel right after the October 7th attack. She posted uh, a picture of the, the Israeli flag and she said, I stand with Israel. This is on her social media accounts. She said, I stand with Israel. You should too. The world cannot sit on the fence when these horrific acts of terror are happening. And then really for the last month, because uh, it's a month today since the this attack uh, was launched by Hamas on Israel, uh, she's been using for four weeks now her Instagram feed as essentially just a platform to raise awareness about uh, Israeli hostages that have been kidnapped by terrorists and are being held in Gaza. It's just pictures, videos, statements from uh, from people and families uh, from the IDF. So she's really just become a, a news feed in a mm. sense uh, for these hostages and and updates on them as, as some have been rescued. And then some, of course, horrifically are still awaiting rescue. Yeah, well, look, I'm really thankful for her because given the alternative of what we're seeing people tearing down those missing persons signs in multiple places across the country, this is the sort of advocacy we, we need in Hollywood right now. So good to see her doing that. And hopefully it has some sort of positive uh, ripple effect as to what she's doing. So um, appreciate you bringing that one uh, to the podcast today. Trey, we're going to move over to the main thing now. And Stephen Corey, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Bethlehem, is living and ministering in the midst of Israel's war against Hamas. He joined Billy to describe what's happening on the ground there in Israel. That's today's main thing. What is it like being a Christian pastor in Bethlehem right now? It is a joy. It is overwhelming. It is scary. Um, it's, uh, there's never a dull moment. You're always stuck between a rock and a hard place. Well, talk a little bit about since October 7th, obviously all eyes are on Israel and Gaza. What has life been like on the ground in Bethlehem? What are the conversations? What is happening? Take us through the day to day. Sure, brother. Well, I mean, really, it, 
th this October 7th uh, war, it's a surprise to everyone, uh, both a Arab and Israeli. Um, it's, it's, it's just a shock the way, it, the way it was performed, the way it was held out and the aftermath of it. It's a shock to everybody. There's, there's no doubt about it. Especially Israel was looking at becoming, having one of the best post-COVID, one of the best um, a, a, a tourism years uh, in, in many, many, many years. Meaning jobs, economy, people starting to smile. There's hope. We got out of COVID and so forth. And boom, this falls in the lap of this country. Number two, um, when when that happened, uh, the West Bank, Bethlehem is in the West Bank. For those that don't know, Israel split up into three sections, Israel, Gaza, and the West Bank, or some call the West Bank, Judea, Samaria, or Palestinian territories, or the Palestine area. Um, it, when you when they, when they the war started, they separated all the cities from each other. They put roadblocks, dirt roads. They blocked the roads, so Bethlehem, you couldn't go to other cities you couldn't travel to other neighborhoods. So in the last 23 days, traveling has been limited almost to almost to us to a stop. No food coming into between supermarkets and so forth. It's gotten better in the last week, but the first, I'd say 14, 50 days, uh, supermarket shelves became very low uh, because there's no transportation of food and so forth. So uh, everybody's scared, Billy. People are, are, people just don't know from an earthly perspective, people are just, they're hopeless and we need to, we need to change that. What has it been like for you personally, sort of experiencing some of that in recent days? It's been overwhelming, um, uh, you know, because our ministry is a ministry that teaches our people as preachers, a pastor, a minister, a leader. We teach our people to love their enemies. We teach our people to love those who persecute them. We teach our people to reach out to those that are different, regardless of who they are, and to be the light. To, to them and to be the salt of the earth. Um, and it's easy to appreciate an area where your worst nightmare is somebody having a bad attitude at a stoplight. Uh, but when you're having people that are out to to kill the enemy or out to take uh, revenge on the other, or you have somebody that is just filled with bitterness and hatred who has lost their father, mother, son, a, a child because of some kind of aspect of the war, terror, uh, bombing, explosion, shooting, step, whatever it is on both sides, you deal with layers, layers of hatred and animosity. And as a pastor, you have to be willing, you have to be ready. When you say love your enemies, you got to be one to do it yourself. You have to be willing to give an answer in season, out of season. You have to be willing to stand your ground because you'll be challenged with everything. Every word I say is challenged. So you got that, you got the mental drain of, how do you preach and teach in, in such a despair time when we could be living in the end days, in the end times? How do you speak hope? How do you preach the future? Um, and when you know this could be the beginning spark, spark the beginning to the coming of Christ, the rapture of the church, um, or or the second coming of Christ, or pre-tribulation, or 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 the attend the the entering the the, the tribulation era season, uh, physically, mentally, it's draining, it's hard. Uh, but what I do personally. I go back to my foundation is it's, I have a first love. His name is Jesus. I have the truth, the scriptures. It's a lamp unto my, uh, my feet and a, and a light unto my path. Uh, I'm grounded on solid foundation. That's the word of God. Uh, I rest on the scriptures of what Christ promised us. Come unto me, all you heavy burden, heavy laden. I will give you rest, lay, lay troubles on me for my yoke is light. And, and so you, you, we rest on those scriptures. They're not just ink on paper. They are real life bread 
in, 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 for the mind and for the soul. What do you think are some of the big misconceptions right now floating around in general surrounding what is happening? Sure, sure Billy. So let, let me say this. For, this is very important. Um, and I want to read it off my notes. My opinion to those making the decisions does not really matter. I mean, to the, on the Jewish side, Israeli side, the Palestinian side, the Hamas side, what I have to say and what most of us on social media today have to say, really, they could care less. They have an agenda. They have a plan. Whether it be Hamas, whether it be Israel, the idea, they have, they have their own agenda. So so right now when I'm speaking, what I say, what I share tonight or today with you, I speak to the inner heart and the inner man and the inner woman in every civilian both on the Jewish side and the Arab side and every person watching this. So that's very important. That's why I speak to you right now, to the inner heart of every person that's not directly involved with making a decision in these situations. Number three, the words and commands of our creator, the God-man, Jesus Christ, do matter. And that's that's very critical. His words matter. His promises matter. And we see this in Matthew 5. Blessed are uh, the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Luke 6, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, um, pray for those who mistreat you or persecute you. So we, we see these problems. We, that, that's what that's what we move on in this in this matter. And the misconceptions is this, is that every Arab is a terrorist and every Arab is anti-Jew and anti-Israel. And the second misconception is that every Gazan, Gazan, is a Hamas, uh, and every Gazan is a terrorist. And then, uh, uh, of course, the other side of things is that every Israeli and every Jew is anti-Arab, and every, every Israeli, every Jew is anti-Muslim or anti-Christian, uh, and so forth. That's the first very important discussion, and that's not true. Many in the majority of Arabs and Jews together, uh, listen, they have their differences. But when the foundation comes, they both know we're both here. We're here, Arabs, Jews, we're here. We have to figure out a way to make it make it work. And many have, Billy. Many have. It's for the most part, they get up in the morning, they go to work. There's differences down deep. They have things they want to flesh out, they want to talk about. But they, they sort of put that to the side and they understand that for the future of this land, because neither one's going to gain each, get rid of each other. Regardless of what the Bible says, regardless of, of being covenant theology, at the end of the day, both groups are here. We have to find a way to make it work. So that's a misconception. Every Arab has a knife and a gun and a bomb. Uh, every Jew has a gun wanting to kill and kick out the Arab. That's not reality. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation there. I really appreciate that. Is that one on uh, the YouTube channel as well, by the way? Yes, the full interviews over there, we, we go even deeper than that. So he, he had a lot to say, really interesting discussion. All right, I'll add that into the description of this podcast episode. Right now, we got time for one last thing. So we are looking here at 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I love this verse because it's very simple. Pray continuously or pray without ceasing. And uh, it's just what we need to be doing. It's so easy to put prayer to the side and looking at the world and our lives, we desperately need it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of the things you see in the New Testament, Old Testament as well. Just so many times God just reminding us, hey, turn back towards me. Hezekiah's prayer. There's so many times uh, we see that. And it's a great reminder. A great spot to leave it on this Tuesday edition of the Quick Start Podcast. As always, get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us, we shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then. <laughs>